If you think you felt a great disturbance in the force, you're not wrong. Ed Gross and me, Mark A. Altman, have a new oral history coming out this July from St. Martin's Press. It's Secrets of the Force, the complete, uncensored, unauthorized oral history of the Star Wars saga. So wherever you buy books, audio and video, pick it up today, pre-order, and you can learn the secrets of the Force. And don't miss our oral history of Star Trek in stores now. And of course, nobody does it better. The complete oral history of James Bond in digital, hardcover, paperback, and audio. That is all. If you like Inglorious Trexperts, you're going to love our new Trexperts briefing room where Darren and myself curate classic episodes of Star Trek with special guests from various Star Trek series talking about the episodes you love. I think that sounds great. Let's, well, I can't let's, wait to do it. Let's go see. What episodes are we doing, Darren? Well, I, we don't want to give it away. Okay. Well, then you need to watch Trexperts Briefing Room wherever you listen to Inglorious Trexperts and on the new Trexperts Briefing Room podcast feed. Don't miss it. Coming intermittently <laughs> in the coming weeks. Trexperts Briefing Room. It's what every real Trexpert needs. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Mark A. Altman, and this is Shark Week. Oh, I thought it was the uh, From the New World Symphony. Shark Week. Shark Week. They're coming for you. They're coming at you. They're coming to get you. Barbara. They're coming to get you, Roy Scheider. So welcome. <laughs> Monday, it's Steve Melching. Shark Week, I'll bite. Oh, God. Tuesday, uh, Darren Document. This was no boating accident. <laughs> Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller. I've always been afraid of going in the water, and I always will. I'll never forgive it for the death of my boy. I have no idea where that one came from, but, but there you you're go. Mrs. You're Mrs. Kintner now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm Mark A. Alpin. Uh, I'm, I'm handling Thursday. And, of course, you're back for another episode of the 430 Movie, where we curate fantasy theme weeks of classic films by theme. And this week, it's Shark Week. Boy, that's exciting stuff. These are, you know, <laughs> you know, we've done Gangster Week. We hold the press this week. We've done, you know, great, great, great movies, Citizen Kane and and uh, The Godfather and all these. Brilliant. This week it's Shark Week here on the 430 movie. All we sharks. are in our fourth season. All the time. All sharks. I'm, I'm really curious to see where this episode goes because I have no idea. I don't know, guys. I'm a little concerned about this episode. Uh, it, it, I mean, look, let's let's be honest. There's not a lot of shark movies out there. Uh, and we challenged ourselves in the past 
when we've pulled through monkey week. Sure. We did that. <laughs> um, but uh, this could be our water. I would argue there are too many shark movies. That's the problem. There's, there's a, you know what? There's an argument that that's exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, too, anyway. too many and then not enough. So having, having gangsters on your week is one thing, but you yell you shark got, week. You got gangsters you got on my week. 430 movie. You got sharks on my gangsters. Maybe we should just call it Murray Hamilton week. But, uh, Murray uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> on Monday, it's the graduate. On so uh, <laughs> it's Plastics Week here on the four thirty movie. So, Steve, uh, Steve, I want to ask you: Why are people so fascinated by sharks? I mean, clearly, this is something that absolutely captivates people. There wouldn't be so many shark movies if that weren't the case. And uh, obviously, it's a hugely rated uh, cable week uh, in the middle of summer. People are just watching all these documentaries about sharks. They go to aquariums. Their favorite exhibit is the sharks. They watch West Side Story. They're rooting for the sharks. <laughs> so what, uh, what is it about uh, a shark week that, or sharks that uh, captivate people's imagination? Well, I I'm tempted to sum it up in one word, Jaws. You know, of course, Steven Spielberg's movie from 1975, not 1976, <laughs> yes. as I apparently erroneously said on a previous episode of the 430 movie. But uh, I, I'm not quite old enough to remember much of a time before that movie was out. So uh, I'm, I'm sure sharks always held some level of fascination with people because they're these, you know, it, it just ties into our our primal fear as a species of being eaten alive by something. There's something higher on the food chain that can take us down and and put that in an environment like the ocean. Like, you know, sure, bears can eat you alive, but you could probably see or hear them coming. But, you know, and you're in swimming in the ocean, like, you're probably not going to see that shark coming and suddenly, you know, they're chomping on your feet or ripping off an, an arm or something and, uh, you know, you're, you're, in, you're in real trouble. So it's it plays into that primal fear of going into a space that we don't belong and can't survive in. And underneath that placid surface of, uh, of water lies all kinds of horrors uh, all right. that, that could kill us. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica, but they don't beat <laughs> sharks. Okay. Uh, Darren, what, what, what about, what about you? You, uh, you a shark aficionado? Not especially. Um, Sharks have never really bothered me because I just don't go swimming. So ah. I, I, I remain the apex predator uh, when I'm on land. And so it's an easy remedy, really. I mean, you don't need shark repellent if you're in the middle of the desert. So that's, that's how I play it. Um, even, even when, you know, shark, Jaws was the big thing, you know, in grade school in 75, uh, and uh, everyone was talking about, oh, the, the, the sharks attack anybody. Uh, it doesn't matter, and and they they they're not really looking to to eat you. They just they just hit you and swim away. I don't care. I don't care about sharks. <laughs> um, but that's okay because uh, they are exciting in movie form. So luckily, I have, we have a movie. I have, I have to tell you one of the great birthday gifts that you ever gave me, Darren was when you gave me the bat anti-shark repellent. That was, that was pretty awesome. Now, I, not to take anything away from Ashley, who gave me a tale to cities, um, but uh, I have to say that bat anti-shark repellent was pretty awesome. Have, have you ever had any sharks? 
coming Never around since now. Then. See? Nope. Not, yeah. not since you gave me that bad anti-shark repellent. It works. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and, you know, I didn't have to worry about exploding sharks or anything. Right. It's pretty great. So, Ashley, did you grow up, because you, you didn't grow up on the water, but did you grow up with a, a fear of sharks or fascination with, with sharks? I definitely had a fascination with sharks. And it's funny, you know, I, I'm thinking about what, what Steve said, but I'm, I'm putting it into a, into a slightly different context, right? Because I've now, you know, I've got three boys, Okay, that's a lot of dinosaur. That's a lot of shark. And, uh, you know, I, I think the, the little boy fascination with both of those things comes from um, a very similar place. They're monsters. They're monsters that are real. But in their own way, they're safe. A shark lives out in the ocean, right? And there's a danger. Maybe you might see one someday. Um, but there's no real danger that it will eat you. It's just, you know, like dinosaurs, they're extinct, you know, unless, you know, you visit Jurassic Park. Um, but there's no real danger that they're going to eat you. Mm. Um, but it's, it's sort of a safe way to kind of explore it. The other thing is, like, forget the fear. It's kind of awesome. I mean, they're big. They eat everything in sight, right? You kind of wish you had one as your best friend. And then you think, wouldn't it be great if you could put freaking lasers on their heads? Right? <laughs> isn't, isn't that what you want to do with a shark? Um, yeah, and I think, you know, we love sharks for all sorts of reasons. Whether they, you know, occupy some, some, some place that stands in for some primal fear, or we really think that they would be an excellent underwater laser weapon platform. Um, shark fascination is eternal and real. And spectacular. Well, and you mentioned dinosaurs. They, they, there's also the idea that sharks are one of the oldest uh, surviving sort of species on the planet. They have evolved to be this perfect, this perfect eating Chewing. machine that maybe Darren will uh, will explain to oh. us. Is you know, Richard Dreyfus is not going to make an appearance. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I actually prefer. Percy Rodriguez's description in the trailer for Jaws. Yes. Where, you know, mm -hmm. where, where, you know, it, what is it? If God created the devil. It's as if God created the devil and given him Jaws. There you go. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, I did grow up uh, on the water. I, my family lived in Hawaii for over three years and we would go to the beach, you know, most weekends when it wasn't raining. So I spent a lot of time in the ocean swimming and, and body surfing and boogie boarding. And thank God my parents didn't let me watch Jaws uh, at that point. Although I might've seen it on television uh, at some point while we lived there. And uh, it, it was terrifying. It, it, yeah. it, you suddenly start, you know, you're out there in the waves and you're like looking around like, what's that shape? Is that a, is that a shark? You know, what's that? <laughs> yeah. I think Gen X had it better than the baby boomers because the baby boomers went to see Psycho in the theaters. And so they were afraid of showers and wouldn't take showers for, for months. Right. Which kind of sucks, uh, yeah. which kind of explains a lot. Whereas we were afraid of sharks from seeing Jaws in the 70s. And OK, so you didn't go in the ocean. Big deal. You know, it yeah. wasn't the same as being afraid of a shower. I mean, I have to say, you know, for fans of this podcast who know my history at the Silver Gold Beach Club where they filmed the Flamingo Kid, um, I used to I, I used to love nature. I used to go in the ocean hard for people who know me now. I love going swimming in the ocean. I love right before the hurricane when the waves were really big and the undertow was pulling me out to sea. But um, I, I remember very vividly as a kid 
Uh, you know, a couple of times you couldn't go in the ocean because there were sharks sighted off Breezy Point. And there, there was pre-Jaws where you didn't care. And then there was post-Jaws where it's like, I'm not going near that water. I'm not going near the sand. I'll be over here at the snack bar. You, you know, know, Mark, I think, I think you've hit on a great uh, low-budget movie idea here. Shower Shark. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was afraid. Mark has and, dead and, eyes, like a you know. There were points when I was afraid to go in a damn swimming pool at night. You know, like it makes no sense. There's no sharks in the freaking swimming pool. That's just pool. dumb. That's just yeah, that's dumb. dumb. Steve. But yeah, I had sorry, a very Steve. active imagination. I, I actually, <laughs> I was afraid of shower heads for a time after seeing War of the Worlds. When the little okay. Martian space machine eye yeah. thing, when the stock went into the the barn looking around for people, that reminded me of a showerhead. So I was like afraid of my showerhead for a while after watching wow. that movie. Wow. You know what's amazing? That, you know, the people listen to the show because I think since none of us go to therapy, the show is therapy. <laughs> And he's like, you know, all this stuff is coming out. And, and, and uh, it's very interesting. So, can you expand on that? How was that? Was that Freudian for you? Or do you prefer more Jungian in person interpretation? Um, okay. Talk so, about, you know, talk about you know what's, water. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Talk about talk water, about Steve. Water. What does that mean to you? Yes. <laughs> uh, the great subconscious. You know, it's funny because, I mean, I mentioned this. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago where I said, I, you know, I wasn't allowed to see Jaws because even though it was PG, my, you know, my parents thought I was too young to see it. But my wife's parents took her to see it at oh. six years old. Oh, wow. and, God. And, and, and she was terrified. And her dad turns to her, who's a wonderful guy, by the way, I must say, uh, with that caveat. He turns to her and says, well, just close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but it's well, truly astounding. I mean, few movies have cast such a long shadow as Jaws. I mean, have have really had such an impact on people. And it's amazing that this is a movie made by you know the Steven Spielberg. He's a friggin' kid. You know, it's one of his first movies. And of course, all the famous stories of how difficult it was to make the movie and finish the movie. That it 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 was such a a monster, no pun intended. You know, hit that that really impacted and continues to impact people to this day. Can, can we, can we call it now? Because we have picked jaws on the show before. Mm -hmm. So for Spielberg week, so it's not eligible. No. Is it safe to say that any of the movies we pick will not be as good as jaws? I think it's yes. very safe to say that probably. Almost but definitely. I think, I think that's true to the spirit of the 430 movie because Jaws would have never been on the 430 movie. It was on the ABC Sunday night movie, right? right? And the cheesy, crappy other shark movies would be on the 430 movie. That's right. But we won't so name them right now because there are so few. <laughs> <laughs> They're more than you would think. But uh, I'm sure Steve can attest that. But, um, but, you know, it's funny because Jaws not only, I don't think is only a great movie because there are amazing characters in it. And it's so interesting. They took this really pulp, pulpy potboiler of a novel by Peter Benchley and turned it into something way better than the source material, which is so rare. Um, but it, it also, I have very fond memories. I think Stephen Darren can attest this. It was one of the great laser discs of all time. Mm -hmm. When it came out, it was, I think, one of the first Universal Selects. Yeah. It came out on CAV disc in a giant box. I don't know how many platters, but... Not only was it 
amazing uh, to see them, you know, the great at the time, it felt like this revolutionary transfer. But the bonus features, which they're still repurposing to this day, were extraordinary. Mm-hmm. There was like this two and a half hour documentary there. And, and, and they had all those deleted scenes because for years we would reference the deleted scenes from Jaws. I ain't going on that rusty old barge, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Quinn. I ain't going. You know, and, and no one knew what we were talking about. Because we're literally quoting deleted scenes from Jaws. It was just, it was Quinn's first mate. And it was just this off, all this awful stuff. But I guess he was an islander that they hired. Like non-actor. And he's terrible. But it, it gave us such joy. And what's funny is when it came out on the first couple of DVDs, they didn't have enough uh, room on the DVD to put all the deleted scenes. So it was like only that laser disc. And for, for decades, we would still be talking about that. I ain't going on that rusty old barge, Mr. Quinn. It's just so funny. That was a Didn't great Didn't it also set. come with a CD of the soundtrack? Yes, it did. Which was great. I told you guys about, um, I think I did when we picked this. I don't know if I said anything on the actual podcast, but about the encounter that I had at the Gelson's. Uh, when I was out shopping with my son, we were waiting to get some some Froyo. And uh, there was a, a guy who was standing in front of me and I was talking to, uh, to Caden about something to do with work stuff. And he struck up a conversation with me, right? And came to pass, we found out that, that our, our, our paths had crossed um, working on black sales. Uh, you know, that he had done a lot of, uh, of practical visual effects work for the show. And he started talking about his career and how long, you know, he had been working and, you know, how he did a lot of stuff, you know, with sharks. And he wanted to show me something. Now, at first I'm thinking, is this going to turn into that scene from the Twilight Zone with Dan Aykroyd? But it doesn't. He pulls out his phone. He shows me a photo. Now, I'm looking at the photo. And at first, what I think is that it is a shot of two guys on a dock with a shark that they have captured and that they butchered. And then I look closer. And what I realize is that one of the men is sticking out of the mouth of the shark. And then I realized the shark is not real. And the man is Robert Shaw. And the guy kneeling next to him is the guy I'm standing behind in line for the Froyo, who is basically the handler for Bruce the shark on Jaws. And that was one of a a personal photo that Steven Spielberg had taken for him. And then uh, he got developed. So this had, is the like, man his own was, personal collection. This is the man who was responsible for the movie going a hundred days over budget. Yes, schedule. absolutely. <laughs> and it was so important that he did that. He apparently also <laughs> was the guy in charge of the sharks in the Gilligan's Island episode where that was a thing. Doop. Right. The shark so is not go. working. The shark but is not working. I flipped out. Like I like we. I tried to be cool. like I was totally cool in line. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Fucking a, yeah, right on. And then we're walking away, and I'm like, do you have any idea who the that was? <laughs> He's like, no. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> trying to explain to him that he had just seen like this rare, almost probably never seen artifact of like this incredible moment in film history that was so important. Yeah. But you know what? You're not gonna I have it. It's mine. I love that I have it. Uh, but uh, but wow, it's pretty crazy. I, uh, you're not I gonna have to have, say you're, you're, I'm sorry. You're not gonna have that experience where you're living now. I'm not. <laughs> well, at the rate people are moving out here, maybe. Right, maybe. But uh, but I'm not. No, it's uh, it's highly unlikely. But I had that experience. Great, it's a great story. It's a great story. I you know look. I have to say that even though you know it's a shark movie from 1975. 
you know, it kind of looms really large in its importance you know, to a lot of us who work in the industry, even though, you know, we point out to, you know, Star Wars and Close Encounters as being the seminal films. But the Jaws log, much like the making of Star Trek, mm-hmm. was one of the great um, sort of behind the curtain uh, reveals of like, this is a business where you know stuff doesn't just show up on screen because Carl Gottlieb was so it still is avuncular and interesting and funny. So you read that book and you think, hey, I might want to be a writer. I might want to be or Joe Owls and work in that business. And and uh, how interesting when you peel back uh, the curtain, you know, and see the man behind the curtain. And the Jaws log is probably the seminal making of a movie book, you know, from that era and probably ever since. Um, you know, something that that was, I was, that was really fun. Like, uh, through the writer's guild, I got to know Carl Gottlieb, who is such a nice guy. And, and, you know, I I would run into him at the guild sometimes he'd say, hi, he knew my name and I've had lunch with him and a group a few times and he's, he's a totally cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also one of the other things I love about Jaws is that famous story of how, you know, when they tested it, that Spielberg didn't get the result he wanted from the reveal of Ben Gardner's head, you know, when, mm-hmm. when, when they find it, uh, uh, you know, in the ocean. And so even with this giant budget and a huge studio movie, you know, they still had to go and shoot it in his swimming pool and, you know, steal a camera. And he, he, the fact that it was almost like what we would do with our student films or when we were, you know, shooting Super 8 in the backyard, they went into his swimming pool and shot this head unbeknownst to Universal and then cut it in, you know, into the print and, you know, made this really classic scene. But it, 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 it's such a great message for, you know, filmmakers. It's like even when you, you have every tool in the toolkit given to you, you still have to sometimes resort to guerrilla tactics. So um, that was a totally a different story. week. This is Shark Week. Gorilla Week was last <laughs> year. Don't, don't remind me that monkey business. Okay, so <laughs> th- this is Shark Week. We're programming a week of classic. I won't say great shark movies, but class or great white movies, but uh, a classic shark movies. And as always, we start on Monday with the writer for such shows as. Star Wars Rebels, The Clone Wars, X-Men, The Animated Series, and the co-host of Cartoon Barroom, Mr. Stephen Melching. Well, hello there. No, uh, so my pick for Monday, I'm going to kind of go straight down the middle, and I'm going to go with uh, a shark movie that I think is legitimately good, uh, maybe one of the better ones, uh, maybe for my money the best one since Jaws, Uh also based on a true story, and I think it de- uh, derives some of its power from it being based on a true story, um, uh, as Jaws was sort of loosely based on a, on a true story or a true incident, incident uh, in the past. And uh, I'm talking about 2003's Open Water. Damn you, Steve Belching! <laughs> you took my pick, you Klingon bastard! Other people go on vacations and spend their days just laying around. We have a story we're going to be telling for the rest of our lives. Daniel, where's the boat? That's a good question. As we are stuck in the middle of the ocean. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Oh. Oh. 
a movie uh, directed and written by Chris Kentis, uh, starring Blanchard Ryan and Daniel Travis. It's based on the true story of Tom and Eileen Lonergan, uh, who uh, had uh, gone on a, a uh, uh, scuba diving trip in Australia to the Great Barrier Reef with a large group of people. And due to uh, sort of a snafu with the charter boat company, they got left behind at the Great Barrier Reef. And uh, were not discovered missing for two days. And, of course, they were never seen or heard from again until uh, sometime later when I think uh, Eileen's torn wetsuit washed up on a beach hundreds of miles away and and some other artifacts were found, but no evidence of of them was ever found. So uh, this filmmaker did something very clever. He took that story, which I think preys on, like, deep fears. That's a... That's sort of like a home alone fear. Like you get left, you're, you're out there with a group of people and you get fucking left behind in the middle of the ocean and you have no way to call for help. You don't have a telephone or anything. You can't signal for help. You're maybe, you know, dozens of miles from shore um, and, and you're just, you're just stranded and you're just hoping that that some passerby, some airplane or boat or something sees you or you can signal someone um, but it's it's very unlikely because you're out there in, in the open water. And uh, another great thing about they transplanted the location from Australia to the Bahamas somewhere. And um, one of the great things they did for this movie, it was so low budget, they couldn't afford visual effects. So they, they couldn't create like a CGI shark or or build a mechanical shark like a Bruce. So they filmed everything with real sharks. And... Um, it, they, it's just this lean, mean, like 79-minute long, no frills, no BS movie filmed out on the ocean with real sharks and two people. Uh, and uh, it, it, it just it's one of those movies that keeps getting worse. Like as the hours tick by, the sun goes down, and then it's night. And they're out there in the middle of all that blackness at night with sharks in the water. And they start getting nibbled at by the sharks and... and you know they're they're just terrified. They have n- no idea what to do or how to survive. And um, and then the storm comes in, and the the the, the ocean gets rough. And uh, finally, uh, you know, not to give spoilers, the um, the uh, the charter boat company finally realizes they're missing, but it may be too late to do anything about it. And um, it's it, it was a film that was made for half a million dollars or less. With, I think, some additional post money after that. Um, It might have brought the budget up a little bit, but grossed, well, it grossed like $55 million. Uh, I remember seeing it in the theater when it came out, 
and uh, being pretty impressed by it. And um, I think it's actually a really terrific, uh, really terrific, uh, dramatic, scary shark movie. Yeah, it's it's really well done. It's it's uh, it's minimal, minimalistic. Yeah. It's but, harrowing. Yeah. It's almost to the point of being unwatchable. Like, but like in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not like oh, it's bad. I mean, like ah, being like, like I don't want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, time to go. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know this is going to end so badly for you. I just gotta. I, you know what? I, gosh, I've got a. I'm not even wearing a watch. And then exit. <laughs> Like unless unless you're Darren and you never go in the ocean, it's one of those there. But for the grace of God, go I. You know, like, right, right. You can imagine yourself going on a snorkeling trip or something, and and being that poor sap that gets left behind. Well, as someone who's been left behind, as we know from uh, at the Museum of Natural History in third ah. grade, I could relate to these protagonists. And it was, you know, it was absolutely my pick as well. I thought Chris Kennis did an amazing job, and it's also. Yeah, it's a wonderful underdog story. He used his own money to finance it. He shot it on weekends, you know, on, on holidays with his own equipment. He was a scuba diver and his wife, who was the producer. And they sold the film Lionsgate for $2.5 million, you know, and, and then it got a theatrical release and did very well. And it's it, it, there are a couple of direct-to-video sequels that aren't worth talking about, but... Um, it's it's just it's 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 harrowing. As I you don't said, know, Mark. It sounds to me like they lost out on at least twenty five million dollars from this story if they sold it for two for two. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't sound like a great story to me. It sounds like a uh, a, a studio taking advantage over uh, uh, some producers. That's what I hear. Sharks of they, their they, own. They made it for one hundred thirty thousand dollars and sold it for two point five million dollars. Yeah, and I'm sure they had back end on it too. Well, well, who knows? Okay, I, I like. I think it's. I think it's a happy story. I think it's a happy story. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take a two point three million dollar profit. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I mean, it's no twenty five million dollar profit, but yeah, it's not. What is? Well, there's a lot <laughs> of predators. Oh, there's a lot of predators out there, folks. <laughs> a lot of predators. <laughs> Especially when there's blood in the water. Coming from only only the if studio. you get in the water. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a great pick, Steve. I mean, it, it really is um, uh, because, you know, so many of these movies I think we'll talk about stand in the shadow of Jaws. You know, they were, you know, Jaws ripoffs or inspired by Jaws. Uh, open water really is its own thing. And, and I think that's partly what's great about it. And it was that era of found footage movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of which there's so few that are worth anything. There, you know, mm -hmm. and 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 open water is the best example. Well, it's not a traditional found footage movie. Well, you know, it's it like a documentary. Of, it's a very documentary mm -hmm. style, filmed on video, handheld. So it see that adds to the immediacy and the the realness of it. Yeah, it's a great little movie. I'd yeah. recommend it if you haven't seen it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. You can stream it on Amazon and Blu-ray. So. Um, so on Tuesday, that brings us to Darren Dockerman. So the blood is in the water already. <laughs> now uh, now oh, it's up to you. Yeah. All right, chums. What's your pick, chum? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you see, you got to jump in there. Take your freaking turn, Miller. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 2004, oh, shit. Uh, not all that long ago, but long enough, <laughs> um, there was a little movie done by uh, DreamWorks Animation oh. called oh. Shark Tale, T-A-L-E, not T-A-I-L. 
From the studio that brought you Shrek, in every family... This handing over the business is for you. You're acting like you don't even want it. There's one who's different. All I'm saying is the kid ain't exactly no killer. I want you to take Lenny out, show him the ropes. Oh, come on, Pop. Son, you're gonna learn how to be a shark. Hi. A little buddy is stuck there. I'm gonna get you out in a jiffy. Lenny? Oh, gee. Here's the thing. I'm a vegetarian. You're a good person. Oh, no. In every food chain. Nice of you to join us, Oscar. What's happening, baby? Looking good, ladies. Hey, uh, uh, uh. There's someone at the bottom. On top, there's Don Lino. There's me. There's regular fish. Then there's me. I'm getting there. There's whale poo. And then there's you. She's gonna blow! <laughs> <laughs> now, to change their destiny... If you help me disappear, I'll help you become a star. These two have the perfect plan. <laughs> October 1st. Does this mean you're now protector of the reef, the big kahuna? Kid, you're a superstar. We're gonna make a fortune. Just let me handle it. What a team, baby! High fin, low fin. <laughs> I want to know everything about him. Who is the shark slayer? Will Smith, Angelina Jolie, Renee Zellweger. What'd you expect? You just take credit for killing a shark and then everything be fine and dandy? What's up, What's up, What's up, Oh, what the? Jack Black, Martin Scorsese. Hot. And Robert De Niro. You tell him my boys are gonna pay him a little visit. Sharks are coming to get me! You're blowing it, man! What's up? Ow! X circle, XX double left square, right trigger down, square square. Oh, hey! Square. Respect. Respect. Shark Tale. Oh, you're a liar. All right, a lie. But the sharks don't know that. Dan, 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 can't touch this. Dan, 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 can't touch this. Um, that should have been more popular than it was. It did pretty well, believe you me. Uh, but uh, it had a, a uh, uh, all-star cast, Will Smith, Renee Zellweger, Jack Black, Robert De Niro, Angelina Jolie, and Marty Scorsese. And uh, the, the, uh, the animated shark that Marty Scorsese plays looks exactly like him, and it's really frightening. <laughs> Yeah, has um, the eyebrows and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, great. But it's it's very charming and it's fun. It's sort of, uh, you know, there are, uh, forgive me if someone has picked this one, but uh, in uh, Finding Nemo, they have uh, a, a trio of sharks that are, uh, that are, you know, trying to quit the habit of eating fish, right? And fish are friends, not food. Um, but, and the style of these, uh, characters are somewhat reminiscent of that because, oh, big surprise, they look like sharks. So, um, but it, it's it's really funny and it's a, a little more uh, sort of uh, stylized uh, characters, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, Will Smith's character is uh, is a a a fish that normally would be eaten by sharks, but he uh, he befriends. Uh, a, uh, uh, the brother of the gangster shark boss, who is luckily a vegetarian. Uh, so it's a, it's a really it's a fun, the fun little kids movie. But it has enough in it 
that uh, adults can find it entertaining as well. Um, and uh, as as most of those animated uh, uh, movies in the early aughts, uh, they were still finding their way, but this was very entertaining and very well done, and it looks beautiful. This is That's a great and unexpected pick. Yeah. It was unexpected for me, too, because uh, I, I was on the brink of uh, Steve picking my movie, but... Uh, uh, I, oh yeah, I, I saw your point. face. I saw your your crestfallen expression. I'm like, oh no, he's gonna do it to me again. Because I had another one that is that is coming for Friday, uh, ah. but I decided on this one. I, I, movie... I agree. Like Shark Tale is super entertaining. I yeah. remember seeing it in the theater, and uh, you know, yeah, DreamWorks Animation did a really nice job with it. Uh, it I remember it looked good. And you said terrific cast. Yeah. Uh, I, I I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater, but I enjoyed it at the time. It's charming. Well, I was surprised at how fast it dropped off the radar, though. It's probably because I don't have kids around the house anymore. Mm. That's probably why. Um, And, you know, personally, I wouldn't buy it for myself, but I'd Mm -hmm. gladly stream it and watch it again. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, well, that's a really interesting and surprising thing. No witty comment, Mr. Miller? You know, I... Uh, no, and I'll tell you why, because I, this is just not how I thought this week was going to go. Mm. No, you know? I thought he was going to pick a movie he worked on, but apparently not. I thought about it, but I, I but, think I think I had picked it before for something. I think we talked about it before. That really? you, Darren doesn't usually pick movies that he works on. I try not I to. I know. Okay. Well, so, yeah. okay. Like uh, well, that brings us to uh, Wednesday. Anything can happen day. It's Ashley Edward Miller. And we stand this this week was tailor made for you, sir. Now, I don't know if this movie's been picked before or not. I don't think I care because it's Shark <laughs> Week, and uh, our selection is just—it's so limited. But you know, having watched so many of these shark movies over the last week, trying to figure out what the f- to pick, I've realized something. That is that nature can be lethal, but it doesn't hold a candle to man. Now, you've seen how bad things can get and how quickly they can get that way. Well, they can get a whole lot worse. So we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to pull together and find a way to get out of here. First, we're going to seal out this... (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was unexpected. (laughs) The star of the podcast was... In half, right in the middle of the midway point. <laughs> you just kind of look for the shark with a with a fin that says "bad mother." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, look, man. I don't know what this movie's about, other than the fact that like it has something to do with like research sharks, and it's, it's about two hours. Like, that's what it's about. Two hours <laughs> long. It's got Saffron Burroughs. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Jane, better known as Luminous. the Punisher, also known as a, a guy I saw take a whiz. Um, in the pool at the U.S. Grant Hotel during Comic-Con. Uh, LL Cool J. Um, and uh, his mama said, knock you out. Actually, was that Tone Look? May have been. Um, and uh, of all people, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Uh, but Samuel L. Jackson anchors the deep blue sea. Tell me, Mr. Franklin, have you ever known anyone with Alzheimer's? No. What if you could end all that suffering with a single pill? Give me till Monday morning, 48 hours. I'll give you results that'll skyrocket your stock price. In 
the most advanced research facility in the world. Wow. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. A team of specialists is working against the clock. Did someone order the fish? On an experiment to benefit mankind. Sharks never show any loss of brain activity as they age. We're this close to the reactivation of human brain cell. But before they can save millions of lives... Tell me I didn't see that. They recognize that gun. It's impossible. Sharks do not swim backwards. They can't. They'll have to find a way to save their own. Just what the hell did you do to those sharks? Did you feel something? Jim and I use gene therapies to increase their brain mass. What is that? As a side effect, the sharks got smarter. Somebody, please, tell me what that is. Rennie Harlan's opus from 1999 um, that began as a a spec script uh, from one of the writers, the first writer, Duncan Kennedy, who had, I guess he saw just an absolutely mind-bendingly awful uh, shark attack on the beach. And he started having nightmares about being trapped in a corridor with sharks who could read his mind. And Hollywood saw the value in that, (laughs) right? And they made that movie. It has something to do with like making the sharks super smart because they're doing research on Alzheimer's. It doesn't make any sense. What's important is you are trapped underwater in a contained space. You are surrounded by hyper-intelligent sharks that can read your mind. um, And there is only one way out and only one man who can save you. And that is Samuel L. Jackson. But he just gave his big let's pull it together speech and got bitten in half. I have to tell you. When I went to see it in the theaters, I mean, I just kind of went to the movie to, to see a movie. But when that moment happens, if you have not seen this, and I spoiled it for you, okay, so F me. But if you, had, if you did not know what was coming, and in 1999, my man, I did not know what was coming, it just, yeah, it, it just blew my mind. It was absolutely positively made it worth the price of admission. I, I've never seen anything in a movie like it before, never seen anything in a movie like it since. And that's why I say it doesn't actually matter what happens in the rest of the movie, because it gives the world that perfect, perfect cinematic moment, a speech that's amazing, delivered by, um, I, I can't think of anybody who would be better at delivering that speech and then getting bitten in half by a shark uh, than Samuel L. Jackson. Um I mean, holy crap, guys. What else is there to say? I, I have to agree, man. Like, there have been few times in my life when I've been in movie theater and was 
taken by such surprise and delight with I had no idea it was coming. Sam Jackson is such a big badass movie star. <laughs> I had no idea it was coming. When that happened, the audience just erupted. And and you had that great moment of wow, I guess anything can happen in this movie. The only mm-hmm. thing that in my mind that comes close is uh, executive decision when Steven Seagal the 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 nominal star action star of that movie is uh, is killed halfway through by a shark yeah by a shark, by a shark. Uh, up on in the sky airplane. somehow and Samuel Jackson has had enough of these sharks on this <laughs> complaint yeah that's the crossover I want to see yeah um, I have to say that this is uh, this is that movie that uh, Mark thought I would pick because I worked on it it was one of the funnest four months down in Mexico I've ever spent. Uh, we were at the uh, at the Baja stages of the studio that uh, Jim Cameron built for Titanic, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We had uh, a great crew. We built uh, this uh, fun uh, sort of half up and half down uh, underwater habitat in uh, in the tank, and uh, you know, it, saying that it was a World War II secret submarine pen. Sure, I guess that it. I believe it. Maybe, um, but it was a lot of fun. And and uh, the guy who made the uh, the electric sharks, Walt Conti, um, also made the uh, the whales for Star Trek Four. Um, but don't hold that against him. Uh, these are <laughs> these are absolutely brilliant. And he he could he would he was operating them above uh, above the water. And they're really scary above the water too. So whenever they make the flying shark movie. Um, Call Walt Conti. <laughs> it's, I have such fond memories of that time because you would drive back on the weekends. And on Sunday night, uh, we used to always uh, go out to Lola's, a big a group of our uh, friends. And uh, we, we, you know, this we, martini bar restaurant. Was, <laughs> before there were podcasts, we would sit and hold court and talk about movies and the toys we bought that weekend and right. the Blu rays, the laziness, whatever. So, you know, it was always like, Darren, you're going to get another apple martini. It's like, no, because, you know, I got a long drive back to Baja. I got to get and up I'm at like, four Baja. and drive down to Baja. <laughs> I don't get nothing in Baja. <laughs> yeah, and so every Sunday night, you could tell we were wrapping up. The chocolate chip cookies would get eaten. The mac and cheese was gone. The apple martinis were drunk. And Darren would excuse himself. He'd go to the valet, get his car, wave Three from the Three hours later, I'd be winding my way down. <laughs> The 405. <laughs> oh, Mexico way. Yeah, those, those were the days. <laughs> Couldn't do that yeah. these days. I wouldn't be able to take it. Now, didn't they, uh, is it true that there was a sequel, Deep Red Sea, in development? I remember reading something about that. I think there was, in fact, there, there's a There's a sequel, oh. and it's Deep Blue Sea 2, and uh, oh. our friend uh, Darren. Darren Scott uh, directed Darren it. Scott yeah. directed oh. it, yeah. Yeah. Was that South and, South I misremember, is that about a skyscraper that falls over into the ocean and there's sharks getting at the people? That was what was being developed as a big budget studio sequel. Okay. That never happened. Right. Mm. So about two or is three years stupid? ago. <laughs> so about two or three years ago, you know, the direct to video division, you know, or streaming or whatever, Greenlit, you know, a, a lower budget version, Deep Blue Sea 2, which our good friend Darren Scott directed. And I haven't seen, but I hear it's a lot of fun. I don't know if he casts the same sharks. I know that (laughs) uh, they probably need the work, but uh, I I hope so. But I hear they all sort of held out and negotiated together, like the friends. 
That's yeah, a very they Ashley nations. pick. They, they, they negotiated packs. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like Shatner and Nimoy. And now the other shark has to direct the next sequel. Right. <laughs> so, um, wow. Well, that was a great pick. And, 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 and uh, I'm so glad uh, because Darren got to share his memories of working on Deep Blue Sea. Um, and that brings us to Thursday, boys and girls. So first, uh, a, a big uh, thank you to Steve Melching for picking my movie, which leaves me in a quandary. Because as you mentioned, there aren't a lot of great shark movies. But, you know, I didn't have a list this week. I, I had one movie. I had one movie. And, and, and so now here we are on Thursday. So it, it leaves me with the obvious choice, which, of course, is uh, George Wang's Swimming with Sharks with Kevin Spacey, <laughs> Michelle Forbes. No, I can't do that, can I? Of course, that's about we already picked Hollywood. I might try to get away with that, but I didn't. Well, <laughs> fine then. Then I will go with another movie about a dead shark, Annie Hall, which in which <laughs> already picked it. Oh damn! I can't pick Annie Hall either. <laughs> Your relationships like a, a shark, shark. It has to always keep moving, and what we have here is a dead shark. <laughs> No, those aren't my picks. I, you don't think I'd come to a gunfight with a knife? I'm prepared. I got a backup, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with an Ashley pick. Are you ready for this? Okay. This is the movie that if Rick Dalton were real, he would have starred in. It's Enzo Di Castellari's Italian opus, Great White. Port Harbor is a quiet summer resort with its pleasure boat enthusiasts, skin divers, and windsurfers. It may be one of the most peaceful places on Earth. But in the world of blackness, beneath these waves, there are no days, no nights, no seasons, only endless existence and a being whose only thought since the beginning of time is his ravenous desire to feed. Get on shore! Everyone out of the water! Port Harbor has been invaded by the ultimate predator. Coming right at us! A beast against which there is no defense. Nature's perfect machine the great white shark great white the terror begins march 5th made in 1981 and released in many foreign territories as jaws 3 <laughs> and, and and retitled the last shark the movie starred james franciscus and vic morrow as ron hamer wow. who basically quint quint and, and and what was so great about this movie was it was such a Jaws ripoff that Universal uh, 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 got a cease and desist and not only got the movie thrown out of theaters, but shut down the whole company that distributed it. it uh, it's one of these Italian uh, knockoff movies to capitalize on the thing. And it was so it was such a pastiche of Jaws and Jaws 2. It's awful, but in a glorious way. Of you know, course. You may recall, of course. The Italians. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I, you know, Rick Dalton would have been great in it. 
You know, I could see Cliff Booth getting eaten by the shark. You know, when he's like surfing <laughs> and he he falls off the his windsurfing and and has to swim for shore and has his legs eaten and who knows maybe even Aldo Ray would have been in it. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was James Franciscus and and Vic Morrow. Well, I, uh, I love the Italian title, L'ultimo Squalo. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it, it's funny because. Wow. I didn't know much about this movie for many years, but you know, I've mentioned on the show before back in the early late seventies, early eighties, I had a, a fanzine that I published. It's the equivalent of people having websites now. And so I was on the list to get all these press kits from the studios. So in the early eighties, I would get all this great swag. One of the things I remember getting from this company was this, this, this beautiful white press kit with the red letters, great white. And it had all these stills and it had these giant production notes. And I'm like, oh, my God, even then, I'm like, you know, whatever, I'm 12 years old. This is the biggest Jaws ripoff I've ever seen. But I got to see it. And then, it never, like, as far as I know, it never opened in New York. I was always like, where is that great white going to open? And then, you know, years later, I tried to see, did I imagine this? Was there really a movie called Great White? And, and you know, I, I tracked it down and found it was now called The Last Shark. And... uh and it had 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 been released in 1982, so uh, but a very the greatest a very, movie year ever, the greatest geek year ever. Yeah. So uh, as, as as fans of the podcast might know, and the upcoming documentary, but um, which I must say is going amazingly well. Uh, but um, it, it, it's 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 just like it's great. I think for Shark Week to pick an exploitation classic that's an Italian cash in on. Um, a huge American movie going thing. And I just love the fact that like in these foreign territories, <laughs> at least it is Jaws 3. I mean, it's like, could you imagine walking into a theater? It's Jaws 3. And then <laughs> seeing this movie, great white. I mean, oh, it's just, just well, great. It's, just it's, great. It's, it's bound to be better than the actual Jaws 3. That's true. I, I, look, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, I mentioned, I remember that summer I was at, uh, uh, I was at Brown for that summer. We went away. We went to the, to, to the movies one night, and I had this this choice: was I going to see Jaws 3D or Crawl? And Dude, I picked that's a no brainer. I picked Crawl. So yeah. uh, I, I and I, I to this day I've not seen Jaws 3D. <laughs> so, uh, but I have seen Crawl. Damn right. So, yeah. There you go. Um, Laven. Anyway. <laughs> That's my now, pick. Now I want to see this movie. This sounds insane. The Last Shark. Not to be confused <laughs> with The Last Starfighter. Right. The Last Shark Fighter. Remember that <laughs> arcade game, though? Where oh, you yeah. fought the shark? Shark And it was Hunter. like really... Shark Hunter. Shark Hunter. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's featured gun. in Jaws. In Jaws, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was a cool game. <laughs> I think your definition no, of a cool no, game... My is it possible difference. to actually see... Great white on streaming. Yes, it's not easy to find, but it's out there. If you look real hard <laughs> and you can find them, you might be able to hire. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the Italian Netflix. I love it. Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> oh my God. This should be Italian Netflix. And all this is knockoffs yeah. or Turkish Netflix. I'm like, I'm very You know what? That's like a week. <laughs> Italian Netflix week. <laughs> That's, we should do that. Knock off week. Knock off week on the 430 movie. It's the Moopits. 
<laughs> At least we know that Great White will comfortably fit within the licensing budget of the 430 movie uh, That's broadcast. Correct. No, no question about that. Big Morrow always the mark of quality. So, <laughs> I'm not oh, going to say man. the joke, so go no. on. No, no, of course not. No, no. Look, we don't joke about that because that was a true tragedy. Yes. And yes. that's not something that we should joke about because it wasn't just him. It was those two kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, that's not something. That, I mean, look, anything on the show is it, it can we can joke about, but that's not something that we should joke about. You know, I think it, it, we. I don't want to contribute to the coarsening of American culture, you know, anymore. I, Anymore. We <laughs> Any <have>. longer. <laughs> um, so great. So that's my pick for Thursday, which brings us to Friday. And I think there are probably still some interesting picks. Um, I don't think we should go with Jaws, although we could. But nope. you know, we we picked it before. I think we can do. I think we can do better. And I think there are a lot of a lot of good options. Um, and even if we skip the sequels, Jaws two, Jaws three D, yeah. Jaws well, the Revenge, I, I wouldn't skip them. I would make a case for Jaws two. Jaws two is not a great movie. You know, it's not compared to Jaws, but it's it's a great movie compared to Jaws 3 and Jaws 4. And it has such an interesting history. Um, the whole idea that they wanted Spielberg to direct and he wasn't interested. And that, you know, Howard Sackler developed, you know, the story of the sinking of the Indianapolis, which would have been great. And they decided, no, we have to make it, you know, more like Jaws. But then they developed this really dark and sort of noir version of it. And, and John D. Hancock directs for a month before they decide to fire him. And then they, they go back and basically remake the first movie with, with the director of Supergirl. And um, but, you know, the, look, the best thing, there are two great things about mm. that movie, which yeah. may distinguish, which may make it worthwhile. One is the tagline, the greatest tagline in the history of movies, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Fantastic. Yeah. And the second thing is John Williams score, yeah. which is as good, if not better than the first movie. Definitely as good. As good. Okay, fair enough. Um, you know what's funny? Uh, I mean, it's so funny you brought up Shano Swark, who, uh, who who directed directed Supergirl, um, who's basically done a lot of television. I can say actually uh, directed one of my episodes of Fringe. Like, and it was <laughs> all I could do not to go, just do Supergirl. And I just... Just it blows my freaking mind. Um, so I, I mean, so I'm inclined to go with Jaws two based on that alone. Although there is a part of me that thinks the right pick is Jaws: The Revenge because it is just so bananas. It so encapsulates <laughs> everything that's wrong with these attempts to like to kind of remake or, or redo Jaws, whether it's an official Jaws sequel or not. The shark wanted revenge. It hunted her to the Bahamas. <laughs> shark. Okay, the shark. Wanted revenge, and Michael Caine is in it, right? Wow. And it's like, and it had there's that whole great story of like Michael Caine not being able to accept his Oscar for Hannah and his sisters, which is yeah. why I can't get behind it as a pick. He missed but, his Oscar for but, Hannah and his sisters to make it, Jaws the Revenge. But isn't it, doesn't it kind of make that his winning that Oscar even more of a Hollywood moment? The no. fact that he missed it to make Jaws the Revenge. I've never seen Jaws the Revenge, but I have seen the house it bought for. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't let slip by the lower budget films that uh, do a really good job of sort of telling this frightening water tale. And among those is two, 2016's The Shallows. Mm-hmm. About this uh, surfer who is only 200 yards from shore, 
when she starts being stalked by a great white shark. And it's really good, actually. It's it's uh, very scary. And uh, it it does sort of put you in that, uh, you know, much like uh, uh, open water, um, it's it puts you right in that experience and it ain't pleasant. Uh, yeah, and you're, that's you're the one that stars there. That stars um got, well, Lake what's her name? Lively. Lake Lively. Lake Lively. Yeah. yeah. About uh, she's take she's a surfer. They take her to some hidden beach that's hard to inaccessible beach, and she's going to go surfing for the day, and and ends up kind of being stranded there. And the shark played by Martin Scorsese. Uh, <laughs> In yeah, the Italian and she's, version. She's, she takes refuge on a on a coral head, but as the tide is coming in, the the water level is going up, so the sharks will be able to get to her. Yep, it's it's actually pretty good. It's not bad. Well, um, there's but, you know, I love me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jaws. Yeah, and no. He, he does no, fight a shark. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You mentioned the Indianapolis. I think that somebody finally did make yeah. a uh, a movie about the Indianapolis called USS Indianapolis. Indianapolis yeah. or Indianapolis. Um, I never saw it, but uh, somebody finally yeah. did dramatize that story. And then there's something. Yeah. If you want to go, you know, if you want to go all dinosaur on it, we've got the Meg. Yeah, which is Meg about the the prehistoric super dino shark. Right, which I haven't seen. Which either, would have been but a better title: prehistoric, prehistoric super, super dino shark. Well, well yeah. and then there's a succession of those sci-fi channel movies like Sharknado that's, and well, that's yeah. Dino. Oh my God! Dino-nado how did we freaking forget Sharknado? Shark. How could we pop? I mean, don't we? We know? didn't. We just we just talked it's on, about it. It's on my list, and they made six of those damn things. I know. Our friend, you forgot our friend, about our friend, it. Our, our friend Anthony Ferrante. Anthony Ferrante directed those. He made all franchise out of it. Funny. Sharks are in the sky. They're fighting people with chainsaws. They're well, no, people are fighting them with chainsaws. Fighting them with chainsaws. Sharks don't have chainsaws. <laughs> Not until the fifth one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, we got the shark. And then there's there was another one called Forty Seven Meters Down um, that uh, it was about some people trapped in a uh, uh, a submersible. Don't tell or, me. Forty Seven Meters Down. Yep. Yes. And uh, and there's sharks outside, so they can't try to swim to the surface. And then there's the uh, lightsaber sharks. No, there's no lightsaber. <laughs> but it's Friday, guys. I mean, Friday should bring us joy. Friday should encapsulate Good. everything that we that we like about the week, right? It, mm, it should yeah. be like the Ur film of the week to the extent that it can be. Um, no, I don't think that means that we go ahead and we pick Jaws again for Friday because I think in a way, any of our picks is essentially the same as picking Jaws. Like the only reason why we're even picking anything at all is because Jaws. Um, but I think I kind of like the Jaws 2 pick. As much as I love kind of being all meta and weird with like Jaws the Revenge, I respect Mark's very intense feelings about this. <laughs> what, what, uh, what that shark took from him. <laughs> Well, let me, let me throw out one more title then. Yes. Uh, the Shark is Not Working. The documentary. The documentary about the yeah. making of Jaws, a feature-length documentary. Uh, it's very thorough. It's you know a good, good movie. And, and, thorough. and thorough. It's a good pick. And thorough. <laughs> it's a good documentary. And thorough. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a really good idea, actually. Actually, it is. It's a really great idea. Because then we uh, can I mean, have I, our cake and, and uh, learn about it, too. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I like that documentary. I actually like the um, I like the documentary on the 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 the, the DVD better on the Blu-ray, the Universal one. Um, you know, they tell obviously Richard Dreyfus tells the same story in all of them. Right. Um, but I, I could get behind that. I, I think Jaws 2 is a better pick, but I would totally support The Shark is Not Working. There is a feature alive today that has survived more than three decades of motion picture evolution without change, without question, and without equal. It lives to thrill a timeless cinematic classic. It still attracts and captivates millions. It is as if Hollywood created the perfect motion picture experience and called it Jaws. <laughs> the year was 1975. Audiences around the globe bore witness to the box office phenomenon that changed it all. This movie crashed into people like a speeding truck. Jaws, the terrifying blockbuster film by director Steven Spielberg, sent shockwaves throughout contemporary culture. Shockwaves that continue to reverberate today. I still get a little nervous in, in water being like, is there a shark in here? The shark is still working will take you on a journey back to the beginning. Making Jaws was the toughest filmmaking production experience I've ever encountered. It's not going to be pleasant. The shark is not working. Nothing's ever come close. We're all living very frustrated summer. Our fear was that the shark wouldn't work on the screen. To the extraordinary impact of Jaws on society. I cannot tell you how many people have said, because of Jaws, I will not go in the water to this day. Entertainment. Anyone who's around my age who's in this movie business always kind of cites Jaws as the movie that made them want to get into movies. And shark science. I have heard from a bunch of marine biologists that the number of people interested in the study of sharks has doubled or tripled since Jaws was released. To the picture's unquestionable legacy that abounds through the passionate expression of its fans. I still remember the first time that I saw Jaws in the theater and how it affected me. It absolutely changed the direction of my life in one night. Exclusive interviews with Steven Spielberg, Roy Scheider, Richard Dreyfuss, Peter Benchley, and many others give insight into what made this beleaguered fish story one of Hollywood's critically acclaimed and enduring cinematic successes. Just when you thought you knew everything there is to know about Jaws. Now comes The Shark is Still Working. The impact and legacy of Jaws. See it before you watch Jaws again. It's a good documentary about a great movie. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. The shark Agreed. is not working. Right, Darren? What is it? What movie are we picking? Uh, we're picking the uh, the shark is not working because the shark was not working. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, and that's a I week. Said, I said, uh, Stephen, um, if we're going to be out on the water for this long, uh, why not uh, film me a little more and film the shark less? And that's exactly what happened. So everything went fine. <laughs> Get me another oh bottle of rum, you bastards. <laughs> I got that one beef. I got that one beef. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I, for for all our our our, our um, trepidation about this week, this is a pretty good week. I it gotta is. say, I think we pulled it off once again. And the good news is, they're not going to prosecute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's drink to your leg. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Monday, Steve Melching, it's. Monday is Chris Kentis's low-budget thriller, Open Water. Tuesday, Darren Docterman. DreamWorks Animations, Shark Tale. Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller. You know, water moves pretty fast, but ice moves even faster. Uh, my pick for Wednesday is uh, Rennie Harlan's 1999 magnum opus. Deep Blue Sea, starring Samuel L. Jackson. Thursday, it's Enzo G. Castellares. Great hey. White, a.k.a. <laughs> the Last Shark, with James Franciscus and Vic Morrow. The Shark, no, the, the shark she is a work. Grazie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a working shark to you, buddy. <laughs> and on Friday, the shark is not working. The shark is not working. Actually, it's the shark is still working. Is the name oh, of the, the documentary? Oh, is that is that it? Yeah. Is that the name of the documentary? Yeah. The shark is still working. Yep. I think I saw the other documentary. The shark is not working. <laughs> um, no, but that's that's it. I, I think we know the guy who made that too. Yeah. Michael Rohde. My right. Yeah, it's a good documentary. It's a good pick. And I'd rather give him the give him the nod. Then Jano, the director of Supergirl. No, no, Zwark. Zwark <laughs> week. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I'm sure you've all heard the story that apparently Spielberg, I guess, what was going to, after directing Close Encounters, they went back to him and you know, said, we really want you to do your three after they fired Hancock. And Spielberg said he'd do it, but he couldn't do it for a year until he was finished with Post on Close Encounters. And so he said, no, we're just going to go ahead without you. And, uh, yeah, you think they'll ever remake Jaws? I know people keep talking about it, and Spielberg's put the kibosh on it. I hope they don't. I don't think they will. It's just one of those things. I just don't want to, I'm not a fuddy-duddy, I'm not precious about that, but I really don't see how you can do better. There's no Yeah, more. plus, it's one of those movies I feel like, um, and I maybe, but it, a lot of things had to go right. A lot of things went wrong in exactly the right way. Unless... That can't be replicated. And it reminds me of Casablanca, right? Like, you can't remake Casablanca because Casablanca is the story of how a bunch of happy accidents produced a great film. Here's the twist. You do Jaws from the shark's point of view <laughs> about all these people. You know, he's being he's pushed out of his home. All he wants is lunch. All, all, is it? all he wants to do is survive. And there's all these interlopers getting into his, his yard. And how I does he like, fight to survive? Like Gran Turismo with shark. Can we get yeah, Clint Eastwood? But didn't didn't we didn't we learn from Jaws too that the shark was a female? Yeah, but 
we didn't because that was crazy is pregnant. <laughs> I, I feel like we're in the player two now. I feel like we've just gone into like, it's the graduate part two. I feel like, yeah, it's from the shark's perspective. It's his POV the whole time. And you know, it's, I mean, and we can, we can use footage of Roy Scheider from the previous two movies. No one will ever know. Yeah, but, but just uh, covered you know, in water for a little bit. And then it goes back down. Because, you know, that was the other thing. Roy Scheider did not want to do Jaws 2. And, of course, he owed the studio movie a couple. And then so to get out of his contract, he he did Jaws 2, which got him out of the contract with Universal. Roy Scheider and, didn't uh, want to do a lot of things. Yeah, I know. Apparently, he was a handful. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I heard on the Sequest no- stories are unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we won't talk about that now. We'll talk about that at Lola's. Oh, Sequest. Wait. <laughs> uh, uh, we already did under the sea week, but under the sequest, that's to come. So, uh, so uh, is, really, is, is next week going to be shower week for the boomers? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but this was a this was a this was a great week. This is a fun week. I'm glad uh, you know we're enjoying the summer as we count down to the end of the fourth season. It's nice that we could you know get Shark Week in there. Absolutely. So great, but we'll we'll be back with an all new episode of Four Thirty Movie next week. Of course, if you're a fan of this podcast, we'd appreciate you uh, uh, rating us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and uh, you can also watch us on the Electric Now app. Download it today; it's free at your favorite app store, and you can watch episodes of Four Thirty Movie as well as your other favorite Electric Surge podcasts, as well as episodes of Leverage and Librarians and the new Leverage After Show exclusively on the Electric Now app. And of course. Uh, you can follow us on the 430 Movie uh, podcast feed on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram, where there's all kinds of great bonus content, courtesy of Patrick Macias. So thank you, Patrick, for uh, curating our wonderful Instagram feed. Always some fun stuff there um, if you're a fan of kitschy kind of movie stuff. And uh, we want to thank our great uh, sound mixer, uh, Mark Rivera, who's been doing such a terrific job. And as I said before, our number one fan, and not in a misery kind of way. Okay. He's like a great enthusiasm, great notes on the episode. Enthusiasm. He's really done some cool enthusiasm. So uh, we, we thank Mark, uh, who has uh, been working so hard in this pandemic to make us sound so good. And of course, uh, our audio producer, the great Bill Ritter, um, who continues to oversee the proceedings and do such a great job. And we're grateful to Bill and our uh, associate producers, Zach Raggetts and Peter Holmstrom, as well as our producer, Natalie Miscali. So uh, until next week, when we return with an all-new theme week, on behalf of Steve, Darren, Ashley, and myself, Mark A. Altman, Eyewitness News starts now. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.